All right, Shawnee. Uh, when you think of Terrell Davis, mm-hmm. what immediately comes to mind? What do you remember most about his career? Well, immediately, I think Super Bowl champion, Hall uh-huh. Famer, MVP. Right? You just go down the list of all the accolades. For me, I remember. You know, when we when we think of like a scorer, right? We're normally talking about basketball, like oh, somebody's a great scorer. But to me, like. Terrell Davis spent an awful lot of time in the end zone on Sundays. And, but he wasn't just that. I mean, this guy could run for all kinds of yards. He was great in the red zone. He's great everywhere. He's just a complete package. One of the all time best, not just running backs, but football players ever. Yes, you're right on all those counts. Um, Listen, when your initials are TD, but people call you TD because you score touchdowns, it speaks for itself. Like Chris Carter was the guy who only caught touchdowns. Terrell Davis is the guy who only ran in for touchdowns. Here's what I remember, though. And as I was talking to some of TD's people, they said, hey, would you like to talk with Terrell Davis? Obviously, we're expecting NFL training camps to open up here pretty soon. And he's got this really cool company and this TD 30-day fitness challenge. And so I said, are we talking about the same Terrell Davis? Are we talking about the Terrell Davis that almost made me cry as a Packers fan when I was a kid because he ran all over Green Bay? And so we're talking about that same Terrell oh, Davis? Ran all and his, over. And, and his people were like, yeah, yeah, same Terrell Davis. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to talk to that Terrell Davis. Okay, I'm still a little bitter about it. But you know what? When you have a chance to hang out with Terrell Davis, you say... I can put some of that aside and let's get the Hall of Famer on the show here. Terrell, man, it is it is so good to catch up with you here a little bit, man. Thank you for taking the time. How are you? Uh, no problem. And listen, man, I don't I don't apologize for making you feel the way you felt. That's your fault for being a Packers fan. That's all I gotta <laughs> say, man. That's all I gotta say. Like, yeah, I, I, I did my job, and I'd do it again if I had to. So I had a feeling that was coming, man. You were a Super Bowl MVP that year. Uh, you ran for three touchdowns, which is a Super Bowl record. Um, boy, I, I'll tell you what. That, what do you remember most about your career? Sean and I just had, talked about it a little bit. I mean, it was it was pretty exciting. I mean, if you look at what like Patrick Mahomes is going through right now, you know. I think within his first three years or two and a half years, he's been a league MVP. He's won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. You know, my career started off pretty fast. In the first uh, four years, I was able to win two championships, you know, have the league MVP, Russian title, 2,000 yards. So it was it, it happened pretty quickly, man. It was like a 20-year career condensed into a seven-year career. So... I thought that when I first came in and having all that success early, that that was going to be the way it was going to be for a long time. I thought I'd win five or six championships. But I think more, most importantly, man, I think the relationship that I built playing the game and having a great time playing, my teammates that I still talk to to this day, um, just having that experience, man. Some people play this game for a long time, but they don't even win one playoff game or go to a playoff game. So i just been blessed, blessed and grateful for their experience that I had um, and playing this game on, on a really high level. Of, of all the accolades, all those accomplishments we just listed, what item on your resume are you most proud of? Wow, that's a good one. Um, it's probably two, you know, because you have to, the, the team-wise, winning a championship, right? Winning a Super Bowl, 32 was the big one. We were underdogs, your Packers, Chris. 
and uh, by four, 14 points, and we, we you know, winning, winning that game was cool. I think from an individual standpoint, the 2,000 yards was, uh, I mean, that was pretty special, you know, because it wasn't, I wasn't trying to hit that mark when I, when I initially played, you know, I guess the first game of the season. It was just a, it was just a process of just every game trying to put all the work in and it just paid off over a, you know, a long period of time. And I think it also speaks to the consistency of playing that game in that position. And so to have that record and to hear the crowd going nuts when I'm at 19, I think it was at 1997, and I had to get, you know, seven yards to get 2,000 yards, whatever, it was, 93. It was 93, I think it was, 1993. And then having to get seven yards to break, you know, 2,000 yards was was cool because everybody saw it that, you know, we were playing the Seahawks, the fans knew it, my teammates wanted it, I wanted it, and was able to accomplish that. So. That was pretty cool to be in that club. That's an exclusive club, man. I just wrote, I just saw uh, Chris Dodson. I just signed a jersey for him. I'm sending him out a jersey that says 2K Club on it. That's the first time I ever signed something that said 2K Club on it. And so it, was, it kind of reminded me of that that special mark. And so that, that, was, that, that was pretty cool. You ran for 2,000 yards. You also had more than 20 rushing touchdowns. First guy in NFL history to ever do that in one season in 1998. When you were named MVP, can I can I go back though a year prior? Just self-serving question here. I remember that Super Bowl so well, as I'm sure you do too. That was that D line man was Gilbert Brown, Santana Dotson, Reggie, Reggie White, White. John Jones was still yeah. like they outweighed your O line so much. Did you guys know you would you would have an edge going in? You know, it's you never know until you play a game. But we felt pretty confident, man. We, you know, our our, our O line was really good at what what they did. Right, they were they weren't as big, but they were really talented. They worked together. Um, they were fast. You know, we we had um, the scheme where the backside would always cut down, and we would chop down at the legs of the defenders. So after a period of time of playing that, you know, against that offense, it just wears you down. And so, and then we just, we just became relentless. We never abandoned the run. We knew that we were physical, like an NFC team. And we had played the Pittsburgh Steelers in that playoffs. They had, they had a real good defense. We played the Chiefs who had a real good defense with Neil Smith and Derek Thomas. So we weren't afraid of the Packers defense. And we respected them, no doubt about it. But we knew that if we brought our game, that we could have some success. All right, Bags, that's the last Packers question, man. Yeah. yeah well, that kind of makes me think, that makes me think, Phil, so as a running back, you know, I'm always curious about this. After the ball is snapped, how much of it is just instinct, like read and react, versus how much of it is scouting? For instance, if you have a certain linebacker coming at you, are you thinking, okay, this guy has this tendency, maybe if I make this kind of move, or is it just simply you see it, you read and react and go? No, that's a, that's a great question. I think most people believe it's just read and react, and it's not. It is scouting. It's knowing. It's knowing the personnel. It's knowing if you have. I'd always look at the defense to see how deep the safeties were. I'd have to see if we had a linebacker that was a guy who loved to pursue, like a junior Seau. You knew that if you gave him something going hard right, he is going to shoot hard. And so you know that the backside is possibly there, and you're keep, you're keeping that in mind. I have to threaten him on the play side, and I know that if he overruns that, and I can get my either my backside guard or center to wall him off. You, you're th all this stuff is being thought through, not only from yourself, but the coaching staff. You watch film, you're watching, you know, the the, the film and, and different games, and you're saying, oh, okay, we notice when we do this play, 
he bowls outside. He doesn't come underneath, you know, the the play. He'll go outside. So you know, there's there's probably going to be a weak spot in, in you know back inside. So this it's it's all of it. It's you know most of it is that. And then once the play is designed or play snapped, then you got to be a football player. I mean, because you can't you know you're still aware that it could happen, but you cannot bank on that. Otherwise, you're just running with these premeditated thoughts. And that's not good for, uh, especially a running back. He's got to be able to feel things, adjust to it, and say, okay. And you and you got to just have this awareness, spatial awareness, as you're running. And uh, that you know, that's that's what I tried to do. And uh, I think I did all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're you're a Hall of Famer, uh, two-time Super Bowl champ. You were a regular season MVP as well. You've got the record for rushing touchdowns in a single postseason. You've turned the football career into a media career as well with NFL Network. And now, I shouldn't say now because it's been a few years, but you're also an entrepreneur, and we're looking at the gear you're wearing, Defy. Go to drinkdefy.com. You can find out some more information. But, Terrell, when did you understand the benefits of CBD? Because I think still to this day, they're kind of an unknown to most of the country. Yeah, it is. And that that's uh, actually how I started my journey. So I didn't know much about CBD. We are a CBD-based. We're actually a health and performance brand that uses CBD in our products. And so we've, uh, we launched, uh, you know, we started the journey about two years ago. And uh, the, the thought was, it all came about really is me trying it because I had inflammation in my knees. I had pain from playing the game for a long time. I was about 30 pounds overweight because I couldn't work out consistently. And so that bothered me, man. I was like, man, I think my life is just, it kind of is what it is. And I'm on this trajectory that I don't, I don't feel like I can, I can get back into shape. And so when I discovered, uh, discovered CBD and the benefits of it, we had to do a lot of research um, to find out what it was. Cause most people think that CBD is marijuana and it has THC in it, which is the, the uh, psychoactive part that gives you a little buzz. And uh, so um, we recognize that if we can just, you know, get CBD, remove the THC, put that in our products, uh, you know, we, we might have something there. And the reason why that came about is because when I started, when I started trying it, like first three weeks, my body just responded great to it. You know, I started noticing the slowly decrease in pain. I started to notice slowly the inflammation started to be removed. I was working out back to back days instead of working out and then coming home and you know, sitting three days out and then getting back out and trying to work out. Nobody wants to work out when they're in pain. Nobody does. It just doesn't feel, you don't, it just doesn't feel right. So it allowed me to be able to work out pain-free um, and have more flexibility. And so that was like, wow, like we got to be able to share this. So the goal was we've got to share this with people, but we've got to do our homework, build a product and a brand that's gold standard, that goes beyond and uh and, and above anything that the FDA or anybody can come out and say about us. And we wanted to have a mainstream product. So we started on that journey you know, again over two years ago. Last year uh, we launched and it's been it's been awesome, man. Our product is is fantastic. You go to drinkthefire.com, you see that on my head. And we have our our our, our main product is our, our our drink, our performance drink. And it has electrolytes in it, coconut water, B vitamins. Uh, so it allows you to, to work out, replenish, maintain, recover. Uh, then it has our, our proprietary, our, our high-quality CBD, which has no THC in there. And that's the most important thing, no THC. So we removed that out of there so you can get all the benefits of CBD with none of the side effects 
or the psychoactive effect of it. So uh, we have muscle bombs and tinctures as well, oils. Um, but it's been fun, man. And I, we have the best tasting CBD drink on the planet. That's that's a fact. The best tasting CBD uh, drinks on the planet, man. So we're pretty proud of, of that. We just went to our zero sugar uh, um, version. We just released that a couple of, about a month or so ago. So that's really been uh, received well because, I, as you know, a lot of people, they like to drink, but they're like, ah, the sugar part is killing me. I was like, all right, we'll make sure we take care of the people who don't want any sugar. I still drink both, you know, because I, I burn a lot of calories now. Uh, I'm a, like I said, I'm, a, I'm 195. I played in the Super Bowl at 208. This is the lightest I've ever been since high school when I was playing nose tackle at, not, at 195. So this speaks to this is the testimonial how it's been able, been able to allow me to give back and take my life back. And so we and we really have this. Uh, so we have drinkify.com, but we also have Defy Nation, which is our community of defiers and people that we want to influence and have them come to our community so they can share their stories of inspiration. So that anybody out there, if you feel like, man, like you just want to challenge yourself to, to something get a new lease on life and just mentally get yourself back into the game, then we, we encourage you come see us, join our community. Uh, we just started our 30 day challenge as you talked about Chris. And uh, that's been fun. So every day there's a challenge we have. And Yo, Sean, real quick, just because Terrell mentioned this bags, uh, yeah. have a comment on Facebook. You said at 195, you played nose tackle in high school. Jeff said, did he ever play another position besides running back? You just happened to mention it there. That's funny. Yeah, I played. So I played running back since I was seven years old. And then when I, when I got to high school, I had quit football. My, you know, my father passed away. So I, I quit football. I would, you know, things happen in life. And but I came back to play not for the high school. I was at the transfer. They already had two running backs that were pretty good. So I played nose guard and fullback in high school. And I loved being a nose guard. That was fun. That, that gave me a chance to to play in the game, make a difference, but not be not be the guy that has to make a play or score a touchdown to you know to influence the game because that just it's a lot of pressure to be in that position, right? So yeah, so I played nose guard and um, I was pretty good. I was, I was decent. I was I, I was like I would I would I would probably equate myself to to an Aaron Donald or a or a John Randall, undersized interior defensive lineman. But quick as a cat, I had, I had strong arms, uh, upper body. I was quick, good hands. So I had good, I had good moves, you know, rip moves, hammer moves. But if somebody was a 300-pound lineman and they got their hands on me, and they, they, they yeah, that'd be a long day for you. But, <laughs> but I was trying to beat them with speed, man. I wasn't I wasn't trying to go with just necessary power. So that was fun. So you talked about the shape you're in now. I mean, let's be serious. If you're feeling good, you have a good day. How many yards could you go out and get right now on a Sunday? Oh wow! Yeah, see, I respect that that level so much that I wouldn't even dare to say that I can go play football right now. Okay. I'm in good enough shape to be a civilian. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Not to go play on that level. That level takes a totally different amount of, you know, conditioning strength. Um, power from your legs. I don't have the power in my legs anymore to go play that game. I just feel I just feel pain free, which is all I can ask for as a guy who's played that game. That's it. 
Terrell, before we get to the challenges NFL teams are currently facing is, as we hope, camps open up here at the end of the month the way they're scheduled to, I have to ask about this TD 30-Day Fitness Challenge because Sean just kind of said it, part of what I want to ask, and I'm going to I'm going to tick off some running backs here. Offensive linemen shrink. Running backs usually go the other way. You aren't. There's a video on your Twitter page, man, where you're doing push-ups and you're working out, and you're still as cut and jacked as you were during your playing days. So how how is this fitness challenge kind of continuing to drive your fitness goals post-playing? I think for me it's just um, – I think the, not only working out for myself in the way I feel, um, I just feel better, but I think I, to inspire people who – who see me, right? Who say I'm 47 or I'm 50 years old and I can't do that anymore. And once they see me working out, maybe that triggers something in their mind where they're like, you know, if TDs can get it done, then then maybe I should try to do it too. And that's all I want to do is just be able to inspire people to work out, man, to again, defy your day, defy your, your, your situation and just be active. And so that's it. And, um, you know, that, I know that we've we've had a lot of people who made uh, made the journey. A lot of people who are on board who have commented about you know when they see me and how it inspires them to go work out, and that's that's a beautiful thing, right? I mean, because we all strive to be healthy, and, and I think health is is one thing. If we encourage our kids to be healthy, that it, everybody wins with that, right? And so um, again, I just feel I feel I feel really good when someone tells me that, hey, I started doing this and now I'm 20 pounds lighter because of you, I started working out. That feels really good to me. And so we just want to continue to bring people together in our, in our community and our Defy Nation community and just have people you know, challenge themselves every day to do things that they thought they couldn't do. And that's really what the purpose is. So the Defy Challenge too isn't just about fitness though, it's about raising awareness and defying social injustice. So I want to ask you, you know, now we see athletes, maybe now more than ever, taking that extra step, you know, of being from a role model, even to being an activist. How important do you think it is for athletes to use the platform that they have to weigh in on issues outside of sports, in particular social injustice? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, you know, I, I started speaking out and I, you know, I think we all feel like we owe, we have an obligation. We all have a duty. We all have a, a sense of responsibility to speak out against something that's been deeply rooted in our culture for a very long time. And if the, and I guess people are saying, if, if now is not the time, then when? And we've seen this thing go on and on and on. And yeah, before there's people who have come out and spoken about it, but it's been one person there, one person there. And it's like, everybody's speaking up now because it right now is the time. There is no other time than what we've seen transpire. We need to go ahead and, and take advantage of this moment now. And it can't just be, all right, now everybody's talking about it because it's the latest thing. And then it phases out. It needs to be something that is permanent. It needs, we need to go back and help the, our community where we have blacks who are at disadvantaged uh, positions because of economic reasons, uh, just don't have the access, being denied loans, can't, can't, you know, those things, it's been, when it's systemic, it's systemic, it's been there for a long time. And yeah, sometimes we may have said something, but nobody's listening. So I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged though by what I'm saying and everyone's speaking up and um, now hopefully change will, will come, but it's, 
it's going to come probably slowly. Um, and I think my kids will be able to benefit from that and be able to see it happening. But we all got to keep fighting, man. We got to keep fighting. We got to make sure that at, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, that every American has the same access and the same, um, you know, right to equality in this country. And it's really that simple. It's not, we're not asking for anything different. It's just be able to, to, to raise our kids in, in an environment where they don't see the, the, the police as, as the enemy. You know, then that's 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 a, it's scary because I, I grew up in it and I know what it feels like to be able to know when you get pulled over. You don't think it, your, your mind is thinking, oh, man, like what am I being pulled over for? How do I need to act? I'm going to make sure that my windows are down, that I have my ID out, my hands on the steering wheel. We shouldn't feel that. I, I We shouldn't feel that way when being pulled over. It just shouldn't happen. But it's been a cycle that's been happening generation after generation after generation. And so, and, and on both sides, I think, you know, we also have to realize that not all law enforcement are bad, but we need, but it certainly needs to be cleaned up to where that is not part of that, you know, law enforcement anymore. Um, so there's, there's so much that we can talk about and uh, there's so much that we will be talking about in future days and future weeks. Um, but I'm just, I'm encouraged though, by what I see and you know, what's been happening the last couple of weeks. And I hope that we continue this, uh, not only the conversation, but the progress forward. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that, Terrell Bags, as you and I have talked about on this show already, um, it isn't just about the black community speaking up, it's about community of all colors being part of this. You, you can't simply try to climb your way out of this. You need you need people to help boost you up uh, as well. Terrell, I know the definition thing too, here I talk about fitness and, and, and physical health, but there's the mental health aspect of, of life too. And so I'm gonna ask you to put yourself in today's NFL player shoes. In the midst of a pandemic, on the brink of training camp, how would you stay mentally well trying to you know stay in shape and get ready to play football but also knowing the health risks that are out there i i have not experienced this kind of disruption in my life and it sounds easy to be like yeah all you have to do is go outside do some push-ups you know train at home train indoors we all know the only way that you can really get ready for football is you got to do football related activities and then you have to do that in practice that's really where you're going to get all your your conditioning uh but then you're talking about from a mental standpoint yes yeah, it's, it's, and it's rough i mean this is rough because you, you're thinking about the people that you either you're training with or working with you got to think about whether they have COVID 19 and 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 how do you not get it from them and it just is so much going on that this is um this is a big challenge for a lot of these players, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how the season is going to go where you have t players coming together during the day and then going home at night because you can't put them all in a bubble. This is, you can't do it like basketball. So uh, I think from the mental standpoint, though, you just have to, um, you just, you have to, it just, it is what it is. You, you just can't make the excuse. You got to make sure that you keep mentally focused, maybe more times in the, in the playbook now. They do a lot of the Zoom calls and stuff with their teams. So now it's really about the, the mental and about the playbook uh, at this point until you can get out on the field and then make the corrections and go through those plays. 
All right, I'm going to leave you with this one here. I want to circle it back to an on-the-field football question. The league is different now from when you played, and in particular, how offenses played is a lot different now from when you played. And I'm curious as to hear your thoughts on the evolution of offense and maybe even being more of a pass-heavy league versus at a time when you were that hard-nosed, old-school running back guy racking up the yards. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it changed. When the rules changed, the league will evolve to take advantage of the rules. And the rules were, you know, defensive backs can't put their hands on receivers for longer than five yards. I mean, they really, they can't hit them over the middle anymore. So if you're a coach, if you're an owner, if you're anybody, you're thinking, well, let's take advantage of that. Let's send our receivers deep. Let's make this more of a passing, you know, league or team. And I guess you talk about efficiency, throwing the ball is more efficient. It doesn't require the amount of, you know, detail that it takes to run the ball. You know, you got a lot more bodies, a lot more people that have to do their jobs inside. And they don't have pads on as much anymore. So it's hard to really work on the run game. I'm okay with it, to be honest with you. I, people think because I'm a running back that I don't like to see the passing game. I, like, I love to see scoring. I love to see offense. So, if that comes through a running game or a passing game, it don't matter to me. Just let me send offense, just go up and down the field and score touchdowns. I'm not the I'm not the defensive guy that likes that nine to you know six game, nine to seven game. I want some scoring, man. I, I like the forty fives, the forties. I like the I like when Patrick Mahomes is behind center, and we know that's going to be at least forty points when he's there. So I'm I'm not the guy that that sits there and says I, that I that I want to go back to the old school, but I do. But I am, but I am, I, I do like offense, but I am still a fan of the one back that dominates the Adrian Petersons of the world. You know, I love watching that when I had Marshawn Lynch, I love to see that, you know, obviously going back to when I played the game, the Barry Sanders, the Emmett Smiths, the Curtis Martins, the Jerome Bettises, you know, the Eric Dickinson's and Mark, I miss those guys because that was exciting too, especially when, you see a guy take over a game, and it's like, you know he's getting the ball, but you just can't stop it. That's a be- that's that's beautiful. That's pure. That, 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 that's that's art. That's and art. I'll ask you just one more thing here, and I'm, I'm uh, because I want to get a viewer question in here. This is from a Broncos fan, and the AFC West is loaded this year. Kyle wants to know what are your thoughts on the Broncos this coming season and in the near future. Obviously, Drew Locke now. Uh, as yeah. the quarterback, but a beast at running back who wears your number, Philip Lindsay. Uh, they brought in Melvin Gordon. So, what are your thoughts on on this year's Denver team? I was talking to Charles Woodson the other day, and he's he said he was like he was so excited about the AFC West, and for the reason you, you just mentioned, he's like, man, this is going to be an explosive division, and of course, everybody is arming themselves to compete with the Chiefs. Right. So there's no there's no more of, OK, let's build a defense. Let's 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 focus on defense so we can stop the Chiefs. It is. Let's build an offense so we can keep up with the Chiefs. And Denver has done that. You know, K.J. Hamler that they just drafted. You tell about Jerry Judy. You talk about speed now. Uh, they have no fat already. You then you talk about you talk about Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay in the backfield. It is going to be one exciting year i think the biggest thing for me is really watching locks watching his his development over the last part of the season and 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 i don't know if he, he was teasing us but he showed us some some signs that he may have it he may have that 
that swagger that matches with his play, which allows you to have a guy who plays beyond the playbook. And that, that quarterback is important. When I say that term, playing beyond the playbook, a lot of, not a lot, but quarterbacks that can play within the playbook, that's cool. But then when things break down and it's not there, who are, who do you become? Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is that guy. Now, if Locke becomes that guy, which we've seen, well, we got we hey, we gonna be we we gonna be okay. We gonna be okay. <laughs> Drinkdefy.com. Check it out today. Uh, educate yourself on CBD the way I have since TD. I knew I knew that we would be speaking. Uh, I think again for most of the country, we're we're all a little ignorant to it still, but. Uh, the benefits have been well researched, and, and you can find some of that information at drinkdefy.com. Check out TD's Twitter page as well, Terrell underscore Davis, to see him still working out like a beast for this TD 30 day fitness challenge. Thank you, man. We appreciate it so much. Thanks, I, I salute you. The mile high salute. There it is. Boy, he did that three times in the end zone against my Packers bags. I mean, that's how he leaves us. It still hurts. <laughs> I know, and it must just kill you that he's such a nice guy, and so because you know you just you wanna you wanna hate the guys who burned your team, but you just can't with a guy like Terrell. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. A lot of fun to catch up with him. Uh, a Hall of Famer, bags. I know, I know, and uh, ju- just to hear, you know, he he obviously has so much insight, and I hope the guys playing now use the resources of the guys who came before them because, you know, these guys make themselves available, obviously. But just talking to him for a little bit, you know, there's so much insight and wisdom inside and outside of football that I hope these guys lean on that resource because I feel like if I was playing and I and I had just, you know, half an hour, an hour to be able to touch base with him, uh, how much better that could make you it, it, quicker too. You know what I mean? Just that to get that education – I would want that as a guy playing right now. I couldn't believe, and I love the question you asked. I couldn't believe that he said, yeah, once I hit a hole and I see a linebacker in my sights, I'm remembering, okay, what did I see on film? What are his tendencies? What can I do in this moment to get past or around him? That game moves so quickly. And I know guys say, well, it slows down for the greats. That's fine. But to identify the specific linebacker that's about to hit you and know what move you need to make based on film study, to me, is still unbelievable. That it isn't just simply go run like your hair's on fire and just try to avoid getting tackled. Right. I mean, obviously, and he did say, look, a lot of it, too, when the ball snaps, you are you you become a football player and you do have instincts that you have to rely on. But it almost almost to me is like the equivalent of like when you'll hear a baseball person, you know, say they can kind of see the the seams on the ball. To me, it's like that, that type of slowing down where it's just, and even if in reality, it only is a fraction of a second, it's that when you have that great separation in talent, that fraction of a second or a couple fractions of a second can make the difference between a broken tackle or a tackle, which could be the difference between a first down and not a first down or a touchdown and not a touchdown. And that really is what separates the greats. It's not much, but when they have that, that separation can lead to so much better. Do you know what two weeks, uh, two days and one week is from today? Mm, August? No, it's July 23rd, but it's two weeks and wait, what? No, no, no. Sorry, two days and a week. Two days and a week. Oh, I thought two weeks. Okay. So what's that? 
Well, it's it's but it's supposed to be baseball. baseball's opening day. And here's the thing: we've talked ad nauseum about, yeah, okay, we're getting this is the target date, but there's no way it's gonna happen. I don't know, man. At this point, we're just over a week away from first pitch between the Yankees and the Nationals. I think this is gonna happen. Yeah, we're starting the season. Whether or not we finish it's another story, but we're looks like we're starting it. I have serious concerns now, as I have all along, about the NBA. Yeah. I mean, now you've got guys who have violated the bubble. You know, now we got Westbrook uh, testing positive. And again, they're all contained in that area, assuming they actually abide by it. But this also happens to be a bad area to be contained right now in the country. So I have serious skepticism about that. Baseball, the main thing that concerns me is the travel involved. And again, it's it's almost inevitable that there's going to be something, you know, somebody or a group of people test positive, and then you you end up with the now what? You know, mm-hmm. what happens if we have to quarantine an entire team in baseball or something like that? Well, now the whole thing goes to hell. So that's it, it's almost like there's this gnawing feeling of like something bad is inevitably going to happen with it. But what can you do but press forward? Aaron Boone said it after, um, boy, it was only a few days ago. Um, and it was basically, it was after a role this Chapman tested positive, Yankees closer. And so Boone says, you know what? This is something we've had to deal with. DJ LeMayhew, Louis Sessa had both tested positive already for the Yankees. And he said, it's something we're, we've had to deal with. It's something we're going to have to continue to deal with. Like it, we're going to be plagued by this for the entirety of the season however long it goes you say we're going to start and not finish okay even if they play all the way through October Boone's opinion was look this is going to happen to other guys on this team it's going to happen to other guys on every team across Major League Baseball and it's kind of how do we deal with it and I know as a society we've kind of talked like well we need to start learning to live with coronavirus right I mean responsibly but a lot of people are in the camp of we need to learn how to live with it as opposed to maybe hide from it and and Boone's point was kind of along the same lines like look if we're going to do this thing if we're going to play a major league baseball season we're going to have to learn to operate when guys test positive kind of out of nowhere yeah and to some degree I'm on board with that and I understand that it's just that because of how contagious it can be, because of how much and how quickly it can blow up to be something bigger, it's like that's what you have to prevent when it's smaller. So, yes, it's like you have to figure out a way to deal with it on a small level. But at the same time, how small, you know, when it keeps growing, does it become, okay, now it's too big, we have to stop everything. That's sort of the that feeling of this is inevitable for me that I can't seem to shake right now. But it is, it's a fine line. And what choice do they have but to walk it right now? And Boone is right that, look, we're playing. So we got to deal with this as long as we're playing. And the NBA, your point, the idea that you're going to create a bubble in a state that just reported 15,000 positive cases in one day, which is a record in our country, it would have made them the, the fourth largest country on their own with just that single day report. Right. And you can't move the bubble. So it's either no. now 
do it there and get it done or don't, it feels like. And it just, it feels like don't. Again, this is going to be one where we start and don't finish. But boy, you're going to talk about getting knee deep into a playoff run and then have that stop. That would be brutal. That would be brutal. Yeah. All right. That was cool with Terrell Davis, man. Really, yeah. really cool. Uh, I hope that when we are a week from now, we'll be talking about the baseball season starting. Me too, man. And we will have a, a baseball-related guest. Can't can't talk about it right now, but we will early next week uh, to help preview the Major League Baseball season. So I'm hoping that we do that, and then two days later, it isn't like, oh wait, the Yankees aren't traveling to the right. national capital. Right. I, I would. I mean, I want to see Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, man. Ashley and I, we yeah. this is weeks ago. That we were kind of making plans to go responsibly see a, a local band and and it was thursday july 23rd now weeks ago it didn't even dawn on me what that date was but two days ago i said to Adam, i'm like we're not going we can't go i said it's supposed to be the first day we get real live oh there's soccer in it, but the real live sports back yeah and ashley's like it's not your team it's my team i said i know but i have to i just have to be somewhere where i can watch and listen to this game I would agree a hundred percent. You're making the right, you're making the right move. You're making the right move. Scherzer. It, it should be great. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I hope you guys are following us on Twitter at Chris Honorado at Sean Bagnardi, but also here on the Facebook page too. a really cool video coming at you by the end of the week with Abraham supernova. He is a 19 and O super featherweight. And he just kicked some butt on ESPN a couple of weeks ago. He's scheduled to be on ESPN again in October. And Bags and I caught up with him at a local gym, Powerhouse Athletics. Uh, and he showed us a, a thing or two, didn't he, Shawnee? He really did. That, that was probably the most fun I think we've had doing something for the podcast, you know, outside of of talking to people, you know, that, that was the great part of it is we got to get a little bit physical to have yeah. that extra element of it. And uh, he, not to spoil the video, but I put on the mitts and he was throwing some punches there. You got behind the heavy bag. And uh, it was so impressive to me, the power that this guy can generate, like no joke kind of power. You know, he's, he's a smaller guy. You mentioned the weight class, um, but it's like that doesn't matter because he's got the mechanics, he's got the speed, he's ridiculously in shape. I mean, eight pack, ripped to shreds, and he just he has this force that I'm not even kidding. My arm, my right arm here, was sore because you know when you do the mitts, you got to kind of give a little, just just a little resistance when they hit. So if he's hitting you with the left, you come in just a little bit to kind of meet him, and just that compression from that right hand. It was like he was swinging a sledgehammer. My arm, just from that compression, was a little bit sore. I couldn't imagine. And he was messing around with us with 12-ounce gloves. He right. said he fights with eight, right. so less padding, and he's even faster. I could not imagine taking an unprotected punch from this guy in the ring. I have a lot of respect for these guys who do it, more so after hanging out with him for a little bit. And you know from the heavy bag, I mean, he if there's no heavy bag there, you're dead. Oh. You're a puddle. You were a puddle on the ground. So I don't know if I think our guy Noah got video of this. Um, I put on the the rib, yeah. torso padded protector, whatever, right? Yep. 
And so at, when I'm when when he's finished hitting the heavy bag, um, I also had a football helmet on and some other stuff. I take all that stuff off, but I still have the the torso wrap on. And he says to me, I said, all right, we're done. Cool. Thanks for hanging out, man. And he says, oh, we're not doing this. Like he wants to take a few shots at my rib cage. And I'm right. like, okay, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I mean, and I, all I could think was if I weren't wearing this padding, I've had, I would have every single rib in my body would be broken. Yeah. And it's not a joke. It's not an exaggeration. No. It, I, hope, I hope the video shows that. Um, I think the GoPro video that I had of him hitting the mitts, you can see, you can, you can almost feel the impact. And I hope some of the other video, you know, translates that same feeling as you're watching it, because it, it like no joke, that's not hyperbole. That's not, he would break your ribs if you were not like hundred percent broken ribs. And Oh, by the way, we had a really good conversation with him too. Sit down yeah. with with Abraham Supernova. Uh, look for that by the end of the week, and then uh, we'll preview the Major League Baseball season this time next week. Are we gonna do? You want to do predictions, bags? Oh no! I mean, predictions on a sixty-game season. Do we want to do that next week? Uh, all right. I guess we're gonna have to. I'm worried about predicting whether or not it's gonna end, and you want me to predict. Uh, you know, who's going to, yeah, let's do it. We should do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I might pick the Mets. I'll, I'll tell you this much. I won't be picking the Braves to win the NL East. Okay. Here's the thing about the Mets. No cinder guard. Uh, what's Cespedes going to be? Cespedes has been crushing it in, in the, in the intra-squad scrimmages. Crushing it. I know. And – the Mets might benefit more than any other team in the NL because you get the DH. True. That's what I'm saying. No center guard. That's the negative. What's Cespedes going to be? Could be a negative. Could be a positive. If it's a positive and he keeps this going and he stays healthy and he doesn't Cespedes it up, we'll see. All right, buddy. Um, track opens this week in Saratoga. For the locals watching us uh, horse racing back in town, they're dealing with their own positive tests. Jockeys um, who have tested positive, and I saw Naira put something out today that that if you if you ride the Saratoga race course track, you can't travel out of state. And there are other races that I think would intrigue jockeys during this forty day meet. If you choose Saratoga, that's all you get for the seven or eight weeks that. Uh, that that meet is running so that opening day is thursday it is it's 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 through every single sport there isn't a single sport that has been immune to coronavirus yet you've had major league soccer teams bags dropping out of the tournament completely um you've had matches delayed baseball workouts are being postponed and, and canceled altogether because tests aren't coming back quickly enough it's it's a challenge through and through i saw an interesting point today online about how, like you just said, not a pro sports league has been unaffected by this or with all the money they have invested and all the resources they have available to them to try to isolate this and keep everybody protected, they still can't. And we're having a national debate about having kids go back to school. Like, imagine, like, if they can't even contain a pro sports league, how are we going to have, like, how are we going to deal with that? You know, there are so many other bigger picture issues going on beyond sports. It's important to remember that as well. Um, it's a mess. I I'm glad sports are coming back. 
I hope we can see them through to the end and in, and in hockey and basketball, you know, crown a champion. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Pags. I'll see you at work uh, tomorrow. Sounds good, man. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching. Uh, look for that video with Abraham Supernova end of the week. And then we're back next week to preview the major league baseball season. Everyone have a good week.